Born and raised in Kansas City, he's followed the Chiefs his entire life. He has seen every single home playoff win. That's right, all three of them. 30 years later, he's still following the Chiefs. Except now, he gets paid to do it. He's our Chiefs insider, Nate Taylor of The Athletic, on the program. Damn Skippy, you're in the program on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Seren Petro with you. Hickman Mills own. Yes, sir. 2006 track team. You know I had to pull it out. That's uh that's that's a Cougar pride, baby. Some sh- strong shirt game when you're when you're rocking the uh, high school shirt for the high school that don't exist no more. And you can still fit into it comfortably, you know. Yep, that's how it works in my world, buddy. <laughs> all, these Absolutely. Years, all these years later, from 2006 to 2019, I, I can still fit into my high school senior year t-shirt. Yep, me too. 1989 to 2019. Yep, I sure. I can't fit into the shirt I was wearing in April. <laughs> well, that that that's you saying that. But yeah, I, I always like... Uh, I knew you were going to probably mention it because I was just like, I should. How I could should. you not? I mean, it's it's, it's one, gorgeous. It's a great shirt. I love Hickman Mills. We should still be existing as a you know competitive entity, high school entity, high school track. Yeah, we had the, we had some legends back in the day, uh, you know. But but I always like to say to people, you know, now that we've gotten into the divisional sort of sectional round of state playoffs, well, you know. They had to get rid of Hickman Mills High School because we were getting too good. You know, we were we, you guys any good at football? We were okay. Oh, really? Okay. We were okay. I mean, uh, I think my freshman year when I was on like the freshman JV team and you get the promotion up to varsity for the playoffs, we we beat Grandview, big win. Coach Peppel, shout out to him. You know, big W, huh? Big W. You know, beat the local rival, then went to like I think Chillicothe, and uh, got the brakes beat off of us. But hey, you know, it was a good year. Yeah, well, good yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. Well, that for that, I'm, I'm I'm proud of you, Nate. I'm, congrats <laughs> on that 06 season. That's as like awesome. the as like the backup cornerback uh, yeah. who like 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 hey, yeah, I guess he could go out there on special teams. He won't screw it up too bad. Thirteen you know? years later, I'm finally giving you the attaboy you've been waiting <laughs> waiting on. Apparently, yeah. So yeah. there it is. There it is. Um, all right, the uh, Chiefs getting an attaboy. Big win. Had to have it uh, against the uh, Vikings. Um, did well. First of all, did they have to have it? I think so. Because I, I – and probably this is semantics. Like it if, is, if, but, if you, I mean, I, I, but even re- my statement is somewhat semantic. But, yes, I, I think in – it's like a pivotal point in the season, or it can be. I, I mean, we'll see when we get to, like, January. But I think I think yesterday was kind of critical. I think it. I think if you want to be in the fight for the number one seed, had to oh, have yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Had or, to like, have a it. top two seed where you at least get a bye. Yeah. Yeah, had to have it. Uh, maybe not to win the AFC West. I know the AFC West uh, shown well mm-hmm. yesterday going 4-0. and um, but, um, yeah, I, I, listen, I, I think from a confidence standpoint, uh, this one should bode well. I, I, I hope they don't go lay an egg, have a letdown in Tennessee because they're feeling so good about themselves. Like, right. ah, we're good. We'll just throw our helmets out there. We'll win. Because <laughs> this game could have gone the other way. Yes. I mean, it, it, it really could have. Um, you know, you'd be like, well, if they don't get that 91-yard touch, 91 touchdown, then, well, if, if, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a prayer answered in the back of the end zone, right. then maybe we're playing OT in that game. That's football. Mm-hmm. Playmakers make plays. Yep. And, you know, I, I think it's one that's good for Damian Williams to break one because we know he's a better player than a guy averaging 1.7 yards per carry. Right. And and, the, and Andy sort of acknowledged today that, yes, because of what he showed against the Packers and what he did yesterday sort of proves that he got he's getting healthier 
um, towards the middle of the season than what you would presume early in the year when he had sort of an ankle injury, I think, against the Oakland Raiders in week two. Uh, what did he have yesterday? In total, in terms in total of total yards, yards. Was it 125? Uh, yeah, 12 it was for one, 125. Yeah, 125. So he had actually raised his uh, – his, uh, he was averaging two – coming into this game, he was averaging 2.2 yards per carry. No, no, I did that wrong. Not even, let's see. So he had 100 yards, that's it? All he had on the ground? Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, divided by 48. He was averaging 2.08 yards a carry coming into the game. Uh, coming out of the game, uh, he is now averaging 3.8. Well, 3.75. So uh, I want to get it exact. Oh, two two decimal right, right, places right. over. Right. So he raised his rushing average. Hell of a run. yards per carry. Good if you can get it with yesterday's uh, with yesterday's uh, activity. So there were so many fun parts of that run. It wasn't just that. I mean, sometimes a guy just breaks contain and he's gone. But he had some work to do once he got past the line, and he had he had to plant the foot twice. And one guy just went up. Sorry. When when a when a a safety falls to his knees, the play should stop and just just put just put six points on the board. We don't, we don't, we don't need, we don't need to see anymore. I mean, shout out to Tyreek Hill for showing off his speed for that was sixty yards. Absurd. But I mean, that, but that, once the safety fell down, it was like, well, uh, I mean, I guess I guess the Chiefs are now leading. By the way, can Tommy Mo uh, call in to take his beating uh, for talking about how he's lost a step? That was the third fastest he's been clocked in the NFL. Oh, about Tyreek? Yeah, he got to twenty two point six miles per hour, which I, I next gen stats. On uh, I don't know if it was Sunday Night Football or if it was on ESPN, uh, but they said that's the third fastest he's been clocked. Yes, since the uh, since the technology was made public, yeah. which was before he got here. I, I believe so. Yeah. So it's the third fastest he has clocked out there. So, you know, and every replay of it, I just laughed. I, it's it's his speed is Damian so Williams breathtaking. Is not slow. No, it's almost it's it's absurd. You I'm like, <laughs> oh my god! It's one of the things I had written down. You know, and and let's can we point out that he has had no issues off the field or on the field? You know, so like since, I, since, I, the, since he since he returned at just training a, camp, just an awful rocky off season. I mean, almost from the beginning of the off season. The, the word I the word I I right used, up to training camp. Yeah, the word it, it was terrible. Right, the word I use and will continue to use to remind people about my summer was turbulent, very turbulent yeah, off season. Yeah, that's right. I mean, whatever. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. And, and my point is, you know. Like he was for three years before that, there have been no issues with Tyreek Hill. And I get it. He's going to be a polarizing figure. There are going to be people that don't want to embrace him. Um, you know, we've there's, there's, a, there's a lot there, and I don't want to unpack it all right here. But uh, from a football standpoint, he is absolutely breathtaking. He is absolutely brilliant. And the thing that is so amazing is how he goes and fights for the ball. Mm-hmm. And you know what he does? You know what he is? He's a super talented pitcher, right? He's Zach Granke. He can beat you at 80%. Yeah. You know, nobody can run. When you go up for a catch, you're not going 100%, right? Did you hurdle? You were a track yes. guy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Once in hurdles, you know, sectional. You know. You're not going. <laughs> Got to get that in there. You're not going 100% when you take that hurdle. 
You no. have to ease up, otherwise you're out of control. Right. So when a guy starts to fall behind and he is at a max effort run that he's still trying to take those hurdles, that's when he gets off kilter. That's when he clips a hurdle. Mm-hmm. That's when he goes down. That's right. when he falls. And there's a rhythm to it. There's a the rhythm. rhythm. And you don't get in that rhythm at 100% max effort. Mm-hmm. And he is so fast that when it comes to going up for the ball, he is under control. He is able to explode and maximize his jump. There are a lot of guys that when they run and they jump, they don't get anywhere near or they mistime it. how high they could go right. at the combine. Mm-hmm. He is able to get the full elevation yeah. like he's at the combine. He is able to get his body turned around, control his body, and receive the football. There are lots of guys that go barreling down there and then they go up for the ball and they don't come down with it because they can't even see. I mean, they might as well yeah. have their eyes closed. I mean, you, you know, you've had those moments athletically yeah. where you're like, oh, God, I got to do everything I can. You know, like I, I think of like, you know, the like, only thing I did in my, my 30s was was fatty beer league softball. But like they, they stick the fat guy out there in the outfield. And I can yes. remember running after a ball and I'm like, oh, God, I'm not going to get there. And you dive and you come up with the ball and I have no idea how, how I got the ball. The ball caught you. I, I was completely out of control. <laughs> I just threw mm-hmm. my glove. He, I, I, I did not see the ball go in my glove. I do not know how it happened. I could not tell you how I went tumbling. <laughs> I know I went tumbling, yeah. but I got no idea. That doesn't happen to him because he's not at max effort. When he does that, because he's still under control, that's how athletic yeah. he is. He may be the most freaking athletic human being that has ever played the sport of football. Here, here's the here's the thing I'll add to that, Taran, and it's it's a very good point because he's starting to play at a level that is master level in terms of awareness. Um, there are two plays or two sequences yesterday that really made me think, like, man, he's he's getting to like Hall of Fame level good at this point because. He understands that you're working with a relatively new quarterback and the route that you're running in the first quarter is for you. The ball the ball's for you. That 40-yard touchdown play, that that play has been designed all week, executed and ran for you. Matt Moore's under duress. I know you mentioned it earlier. Stays in the pocket, stands tall, makes a throw. He probably threw it off balance, so the target is not where it is or what you would assume it is during your rep in practice. So he can ID the ball in the middle of the air, know that it's a little farther than he maybe anticipated, gets the ball, catches it, and has the presence of mind to know, oh, I'm at the four-yard line, so I'm just going to dive and score a touchdown where I think 90% of the receivers would catch the ball, be thankful they caught the ball, and then would immediately be okay with going down. He, He catches it and wants to make the next move to score the touchdown so that there is no issue if you get into the red zone. And that and that dive is as close to max effort as it, you can get. As you can get. As I mean, you can he, get given what he had to. He but had when to, he goes up uh, yeah. you know, on the run, he had oh, to my over, God, it's unbelievable. He had yeah. to overextend himself, catch the ball, understand where he was, and then find the pylon. And then the, the second thing I'll say that, that really was just like, wow, he is – he is playing at a level where he's taking all the coaching. He's understanding where his skill set is, and then he's sort of manipulating the defense now at a way that is very, you know, just superstar level. When you look at the stop and go, that play oh, is set up because he's not running at a hundred percent before that play at any point outside of maybe the forty-yard touchdown run. So he's telling the DB, "This is my speed today." The DB gets adjusted to that speed, and then you go to the sideline and say, hey, Greg Lewis, I'll assist the, you know, the assistant wide receivers coach, I think now we can run the stop and go based on how I've set him up for the majority of the game. That gets over to Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy gets it to Andy Reid. They run the play, and then he shows you what his real speed is. Here's my stop and go, and now if, if the ball's on target, it's a house touchdown, 
and he still has the presence of mind to know, oh, that ball was actually underthrown because, again, Matt Moore, under the rest, at least gets me a shot. I can adjust, catch the ball, and still make four or five guys miss before going down. And we've seen guys who can go up and get it like he can. Mm-hmm. We've seen guys who can jet, not like he can, but in a similar fashion. Well, they're probably find, find the guy who's done both. Who's done both, me, yeah. He, he is, he is, He's he, a faster, stronger version of Antonio Brown. Yeah, he's definitely faster. Antonio Brown in his in his in his at his height was just crazy off the line. Where if you tried to press him, it was just like, why, I, why the, are you doing that? You the, know. Then that may be fair. Maybe Antonio Brown had more tools in the tool bag, mm-hmm. more more tricks to right. get off the line. But out in space, he's better. He's, I mean, he's it's stupid good. It 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 really is. It's it's scary. And you know, he he greatly impacted the game when he went back to return punts. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they oh were spooked. The first I mean, one, I know the, Halloween just ended, but they were literally spooked. Yep. It was like it was like the special teams coordinator shouldn't have told him who he was punting the ball to. Just like just try to treat it. Well, normal. the first one, Colquitt, Britton Colquitt, by the way, mm-hmm. if you're Not the Dustin. brother of Dustin, yes. is the punter for the other team. If you didn't catch that, but uh, you know he he had a perfect punt where he punted it, punted out, of it bounds, out of bounds, right. and didn't give it to him, and then the next one, <laughs> right? Get, I was, mean, it was a 27 yard punt right. because he didn't want to get anywhere near. Ty- yeah. Tyreek Hill. Yeah, and, and I mentioned that I put this on Twitter during the game. Um, Chiefs fans who are – I know they were so excited, but it's almost like you have to you have to harness that excitement. It's like don't chant Tyreek Hill's name if he's going back to punt because the other team doesn't need to be made aware of this because you want you want him to at least have one opportunity this year. And every time he's been out back there, which has been rare, uh, no team has given him a chance. So don't chant his name. Don't, don't let everybody know, oh, Tyreek's – Tyreek's – here to take the punt. Just well, he's not exactly subtle headed out on the field. That's, either. Well, yeah, he kind of played into the, hey, let me hear it. Let me hear it. But I, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I hear you. I don't think you're going to sneak him out there. I think they're watching. I think there's a special teams coach on the other yeah, side. Yeah, there, there's, there's guys to ID. If, if there's one guy that the other team's special teams coach knows to look for, it's him. <laughs> but I, but I, I do think that he is just incredible um, yeah, I, as a player. And, it's, and a lot of credit goes to Lewis. His, first and foremost, it goes to Tyreek Hill. Yeah. But to Lewis and to Reed and Bienemy and everybody, I mean, they have – they. he is a yes. true I, – I, it is stunning to see how good he is. And I don't think people remember. It's a fifth-round pick that came with baggage that was a failed running back. Had no – had no – based on what I was told, had no real understanding of route running. And and I remember the preseason game his rookie year against Chicago. I mean, he went up for a ball and couldn't track it. And I'm like, oh, God, this is going to be that fast guy that gets open and drops the ball all the mm-hmm. time. And he's not. He brings it down yeah. all the freaking time. And then he does so many other things. It's yeah. It's been fantastic. The, the support staff of Greg Lewis, Eric Bieniemy, and Andy Reid, all sort of finding his traits, mastering what he can, adjusting the offense to him, and then really listening to – to him as the game goes on so that he knows what works in the first half versus the second half. I mean, it doesn't get said enough, but it is true that those three men have really made Tyreek Hill as best as possible. Now, the talent's there, but you got to coach it and cultivate it and, and really utilize it to the best of their abilities. And the Chiefs, since he's been in the league, I mean, he's been the most dynamic, show-stopping, oh, my God, how is he behind everybody player in the league. I've long thought he was unlike any player currently playing. But as you said, now we're at the point where – there, there's just not – he's playing against history well, no as, one, as far as his ability. And I don't know, you know, you and I, or us here in the media, get a stand right next to him. And no, he's not imposing like Chris Jones is 6'6", and Tano Passanio is 6'7". Right. But there just 
I, I you know, like, like we were joking around about how, you know, Sammy Watkins' statement about, you know, I'm a solar lizard. We're a different species. <laughs> and we we use that line all the time. They are. You know, you look at a major league clubhouse, you know, they're not on NFL weight programs, or they'd be 240. Mm-hmm. They're big, huge guys with massive hands. And, you know, they are a different right. – the, the truly elite professional athlete, it really does look like a different species. But he looks like a different species from that species. Yes. Because the the hamstrings on the kid, I mean the arms. I mean you saw him when he's sitting mm-hmm. there. It's just like mm-hmm. you could even see the the neck. I mean you could see the guy who kind of slaps him. I think is like copping a feel on his shoulder, <laughs> like oh good lord, like he puts his hand there and then he just kind of holds it on his shoulder, and 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 I think he's like this is not what my shoulder feels like. This is not mm-hmm. what you know when he's just sitting up there to the little Lambo leap. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Oh yeah. There's a guy there that oh. I swear grabs, hits him on the shoulder, puts his hand, and he just holds it there. And there's a look on his just face marvels. like yeah, this is a different what is species. This? Yeah, the the the. The biggest credit to Tyreek Hill from a professional standpoint is that he has always worked his game. He's never he's never plateaued in terms of development, in terms of trying to understand the game better from a schematic standpoint, from the idea that he's really um, sort of got he, – he is – and Andy Reid sort of mentioned this today, so this is not like coming from me. It's not my idea. But Andy Reid talked about like, well, athletes have to train their bodies for success, and he's trained himself to where he has the endurance – to run at a certain tempo, at a certain speed, on demand, at any point in the ball game, and you know, as a future Hall of Fame coach who's in his twenty first season, there aren't that many guys that he's seen in the league that can do that. Where it's like, okay, we really need you to run at top flight speed, third and whatever, fourth quarter, gotta have it, and he'll find a way to get open, and, and that's something that he's worked throughout his four year career to be at this to be at this level. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back more with Nate Taylor from The Athletic. We'll talk about uh, some more great special teams that were going on, some defense, some offense. It's a, a victory Monday. Nate Taylor from The Athletic is with us here on the program. The Program with Soren Petro. Weekdays from 2 to 6 on Sports Radio 810 WHB. All right, the good sense, end of the hour answer. Damien Williams, 91-yard touchdown run on Sunday. He's now tied for the longest touchdown run in Chiefs history with Jamal Charles, who did that at New Orleans in 2012. Ted McKnight. Who has the longest TD run against the Chiefs? Oh. Who? How long is it? 90. 90 against the Chiefs. Happened during the Andy Reid era. Oh, Wow. Did it really now? Mm-hmm. Was it a Vikings player? Nope. Well, uh, he wasn't a Viking at the Isn't time. At the time, okay. Mm. He would go on to play for the Vikings. Go on to play. So before. At least I think so. Unless I'm totally. I'm pretty sure this guy played for the Vikings. He definitely played for the yeah, Vikings. Okay. I thought so. Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray. Thank 90 you. yards for the Raiders in that fateful. Thursday night game in 2014 that kind of sent that's the that game that kept them spiraling. from that's the game that kept Andy Reid from being a perfect six for six in the playoffs. Yep. Or for as far as seasons getting to the playoffs, right? 13, 14, yep. 15, 16, 17, 18. Yeah, five of six playoff seasons. Nine and seven. That's the one. They were seven and three. And went poopy. Dumped in their diaper that right was, there. That was the longest run ever at Arrowhead yesterday. 
Was it really? Yeah. Yeah, because Jamal Charles yeah. eighty six yeah. against the Colts in two thousand twelve. And I where does ninety one come at, at Oakland or at the Saints? I can't remember which. Uh, at, at the at Saints. Saints. The yeah. Saints. <clears throat> it I, is. I, by the way, I found a clip from that. Uh, I went back on Game Pass and found a screenshot of after Charles scored against the Colts and the oh, graphic. I, oh, I saw this last night. First touchdown in twenty eight drives for the Chiefs. That twenty twelve team. Sucked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hooked. It was bad. It was well, bad. They didn't, they didn't have a single possession when they led. They didn't lead at any point in the game for like nine weeks. Yeah, it's a problem. Because their one win was at the gun in overtime. Uh, it is the program on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Good Sense, what we are playing for. You can get 10% off in the loyalty club. All you got to do is get signed up, goodsensesubs.com. Order at goodsensesubs.com. Pick it up and take it home. Uh, tonight, if you'd like, uh, use the app as well. Download it on your phone. Good Sense, uh, slicing the meats and cheeses right in front of you, baking the bread fresh twice each day. Not because it's easy, because it tastes better. Go to goodsensesubs.com to get signed up to that loyalty club and save yourself 10%. Uh, every time you get 10% back off every purchase. Nate Taylor is with us uh, from The Athletic, uh, brought to you by our friends uh, at E. Edwards Workwear, where, you know, that cold weather... Is coming. Everything you need, Carhartt can cover you up from uh, head to toe. Uh, check it out. The uh, great Carhartt jackets, what I like to uh, wear. Uh, beautiful Carhartt jacket from E. Edwards Workwear. If you want the best in the business, go to E. Edwards Workwear. Find the location nearest you at eeworkwear.com. Uh, there in um, Grandview. I always want to say Belton, but it's before you get to Belton. Grandview. Uh, Oleta, right by uh, Robert Brogdon Buick GMC at I-35 in Santa Fe, down on the uh, Boulevard, Southwest Boulevard, in the newest location in Independence, uh, just north of I-70 on Barry Road. Nate, how about the Butker? The Butker did it. I I had mentioned um, on Twitter in the Green Bay game that he had not really performed to his new deal as one of the highest-paid kickers. Uh, because he missed a 50-yarder that was sort of pivotal in, in the loss of the Green Bay Packers. Um, he responded by performing like a kicker who is the highest or one of the highest paid players at his position. Um, the 56-yarder, or the, excuse me, the 54-yarder was was as perfect a kick as you can want in that situation. Uh, I put the clip on my article at The Athletic that people could check out. I tend to believe that he is right, that his 44-yarder was blocked by... Danielle Hunter. Um, and so for him to still have the power and the drive and still the accuracy to get that ball through the uprights to win the game is, is pretty impressive. So uh, he balled. He got the call. Deion Sanders called Harrison Bucker. We are living in 2019. Um, but this is what he's capable of doing if the team needs him in January. And that's really why he sort of matters moving forward is not only can he – um, get you field goals when you need it, but he's been pretty clutch in late-game situations. Obviously, we remember that Monday night game against Washington where he stepped onto the field for the first time in a Chiefs uniform and kicked the game winner. He did that yesterday, and he was really instrumental in the AFC Championship game. People sort of forget how good he was in the second half to get them to overtime with a uh, with a field goal in a critical moment when you had to have it in the last seconds. So when the game's on the line, he's been at his best. It's just can he get a little bit more consistency? Because you want it around the 88 to 90 percentile in terms of makes, in terms of field goals. I think you want it around 95, 96 in extra points based on Dave Tobe's sort of math. But, um, but yeah, that was pretty good yesterday. 
Yeah, he he and he. You could tell he was fired up. You could tell he'd heard some people questioning him. Yeah, because he, and I put this on Twitter. He had not made a fifty yarder all season up until yesterday's game. So yeah. that was half the season where he hadn't really performed the way you thought he was going into the year. Uh, Dustin Colquitt is punting well, also. Yeah, punting deep. Yeah, um, and and he's always done a great job of giving his coverage units time to get down there, but. Uh, you know, right now, special teams are starting to round back into the kind of form you'd want. We've seen some more uh, returns. We, you know, listen, McCole Hartman's got to do a better job securing the ball, but you, you put a helmet on the ball, it's going to come out. I mean, through, through the fire. If you want a super fast guy running up there, then he's going to have collisions. Yeah. And the ball's going to pop and, and out. The, and the good thing for McCole is that he's not afraid of contact. I agree. He's not running away from defenders. He's trying to hit the hole and see if he can sort of explode through it um, like you're sort of coached and taught to do yeah i mean but yeah, andy, yeah. andy reese pretty consistent and, on like you just you're a rookie you just gotta learn man the only way for you to get better at this is to just continue to do it so it wasn't surprising that he was out there in the third quarter um and then they obviously made the adjustment to have tyreek to see if they can get a, an advantage late um but i think he's gonna be the punt returner for the majority of the year unless he has more issues with the fumbles one thing i've noticed about hardman is uh, for a guy who's slightly built his his well, balance. I, I mean, I've had a couple slight, of guys. Slightly I would say slightly c- compared to a lot of. Compared he's to not, he's not a bulky Kill. guy, but 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 for a guy who's a, a thought of just as a burner, his his balance yeah. and strength has been pretty good. Now, part of that is that, particularly when you're on offense, people misjudge the angle, and it's hard to get a, a clean shot yeah, on a yeah, guy who's right. that fast. You can't really center him but up. I think it goes back. To, against, I think it goes Green back Bay. to what Nate said. I, I I think at at his size, and, and listen, when I say that, it's like. If, if he walks into a bar, he's not the first guy you, you're saying I'm going to swing with, right. okay? Right. I mean, when we right. say slightly built, we're talking relative to the industry. To the, right. to the right. monsters that he's, are in that locker room. He's not yeah. Cordero Patterson. There's some biceps to the kid, <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah. he's picked up a weight before. Right, right. I mean, yep. this, this isn't, you know, some little sickly kid who happens to be fast out there. But it's just compared to some of the other, you know, the beings mm-hmm. that he is occupying space with. But I think it goes back to what Nate said, and, and you mentioned – He's like I, I see a lot of guys go down because they're anticipating going down. They're on their way down. They see like, they oh, see the defender coming free. Yeah, and like uh. Uh, he, he's gonna take me down. And you see him all of a sudden. They they lean way out over their feet and they're looking to go ahead and go down and mm-hmm. get down or and, trying to cushion their fall or sort of anticipate their fall as yeah. they go to the ground, which is fine. I mean, hey, you you know make a living no, it, with it, your body, trying yeah. to stay healthy. Well, but. but but it's even some of it's like you just either have that. Ability, or you don't, or or yeah, the mentality to go to yeah. just go hit the hit the hole, man. So I, I I say it because you know I always talk about like how far can you jump? You know how far you can jump. Mm-hmm. You you don't fall in a pond anymore when you're thirty because <laughs> you know you can't make it. When you're a kid, you're not sure, yeah. so you come up short trying to jump to that. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know where I'm at. I haven't gotten in tune with my body and how far I can jump or what I can do. I think it's the same thing when you're an old man. Like you're coming down the stairs, you're like, oh, whoa, where's ginger. that railing? I'm going to grab that yeah, railing. You know, I, I think there are other guys that are just like, I don't have that balance, that fight, and or, or even the mental part of it. He mentally is trying to stay on his feet. And I think there are some guys that are trying to get everything that, that they can easily get. Yeah. And he is fighting for more. Yeah. Now, let well, me tell you, he's going to fumble because of it, because he's going to be fighting and leaning and trying to keep his balance. And in trying to keep his balance, he's going to pull the ball out, and it's going to be out there tucked between just the hand and the kind of the bicep, forearm the, locked the, in there. Yeah, bicep, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not even. Not, I mean, it's going to get clear loose oh, when he's oh, more, off balance more, and mm-hmm. swinging. More and the LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, yeah just going to be kind of tucked little, in little into the palm on the end. Yeah, and, yeah. 
and he's going to be fighting for it, and he's going to take a shot, and you're going to have to live with it because that's what he does. He fights for yards. But I, I feel comfortable saying he will return a kickoff for a touchdown this mm-hmm. year. I mean, it's starting to get cold. The ball's not going to be booming out of the back of the end zone. Right. They bring them all out, so he's going to get as many opportunities as anybody else in the league. And with Dave Tobe coordinating in front of him and his toughness and speed, he's going to take one back. Yeah. It will happen this year. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a give and a take. And it's clear that Dave Tobe this year has been like, Anytime you can return a young fellow, return it. Cause just, that's how it's always just, been. It was that way with Nile Davis. It's been, yeah, but I you just – but Will Demps or what was the guy early uh, Quentin on? Quentin Demps. Quentin Demps took there, one back. But but there's always sort of the give and take. And so, obviously, the, the, the giving is like there is a more – there's more of a variety or variable of you fumbling the football if you return it as many times as physically possible. And I think for McColl, there's a sense of trying to prove something too because he has, he has taken a job that was just – you know, sort of utilized and played well, to be one of the you know, one of the best returners in the league in Tyreek Hill. And you well, want to I take, think it's because Tyreek Hill's so good as a receiver; they don't want to get him hurt. Cole Hartman had nine offensive snaps. I didn't look at what it was Green Bay. Yet, yeah, but he had right. nine offensive snaps against Green Bay, and I think it was seventeen in special teams. Mm-hmm. So that's where they're they're getting his usage is yes. is out there in special teams. Um, but you know, isn't it kind of interesting? Like like bringing the ball out from nine yards deep is that an aggressive play? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. You know, so even well, it's stupid. It's almost daring okay. In a but lot of you, ways. you want to call it stupid? I'll listen to that in some ways. Well, they give it to you at the twenty-five. Well, they don't get tackled at the eleven much. Okay. Right. They might get tackled at the nineteen 16, in the worst case scenario. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But usually it's twenty-two, twenty-three, or they get to the twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Like, well, I just don't think it's because. The... Listen, they are looking to score a touchdown. It is a aggress- an aggressive mm-hmm. mentality that they have, at least, or at least get a and field flipping return. Yeah, and that's aggressive football. Andy Reid does that. His run pass ratio. You know, um, our buddy Sean in Jersey is like, well, I like how they they you know they committed to the run. Uh, yeah, I heard that. Earlier. They ran the ball eighteen times. They <laughs> threw it thirty five. Yeah, I mean, now that final drive. They, they were kind of forced into throwing the ball, so that probably it was a little bit more mm-hmm. towards the balance side. But Andy Reid routinely, you know, throws it about two hundred times more a year than he than he runs it. That's mm-hmm. that's what your run pass ratio is going to be. That's aggressive, right? Can we agree? Yes, that that's aggressive. If Andy Reid can be that kind of aggressive and that forward thinking and saying, "Listen, I'm not going to play." To me, is what I heard Vermeil say when he came back with the Rams after being with the Eagles that he. Kind of coached like Marty with the Eagles. And he said, you know, you do everything you want to do, and all of a sudden you look up at the clock, and it's 17-13 you, and then one big play, and you lose the game 20-17. to Like, we're going to be more aggressive. We're going to go mm-hmm. down the field. Andy Reid does all those things until it gets to fourth and three. With the, with your backup quarterback, with five minutes left on the clock. And a, John Harbaugh, yeah. last night, if you oh, watched yeah, Sunday he Night went Football, had a fourth and five, I think. With a second-year quarterback, a second-year quarterback that's not the accomplished passer that Patrick Mahomes right, not is. As, not as accurate. Yeah. Certainly doesn't have the experience that Matt Moore does. Does bring more threat to a defense because mm-hmm. he could run for it. And what was it? Very end of the third quarter? Yeah, it was still in the third quarter. And it was at the range where Justin Tucker, he's got Justin Tucker, is going to be lining up a 55-56 yarder. He's kicked those. And he says, I'm not doing that. Right. He's not going to punt. Now, maybe you could say, well, he doesn't have Colquitt. If he had Colquitt, he'd go ahead and punt. Well, maybe. That's a, that's a fair point. But he goes for it, and that was the game. I mean, the Patriots had cut it, I think, at that time. 
they had cut it to 23-20, if I'm not mistaken. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was 30-20. to I think it was 30-20 to now that I think about it. It was 30-20, to and John Harbaugh went for the win. It was... And went for it on, on – look at the down and distance. I'm looking at it now. They were – yeah, it was 24-20, fourth and four from New England's 38-yard line. Okay, so it was 24-20. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah, Lamar okay. Jackson uh, completed a pass to Willie Sneed for seven yards. That's it. Okay, so it's fourth and what? Fourth and four from New England's 38-yard okay. line. Three and a half left. Now, granted, it's on the other side of the 50, yep. which is where coaches get a lot more comfortable and daring. Yep. But Andy Reid, it was actually, to me, an even easier call because it was about whether or not you're going to get the ball. Not to go back and after a big win to re-adjudicate the Packer game, but I, I just think it's like we talk about all these things where Andy Reid actually is really aggressive, mm-hmm. and I don't know why he won't get on board and, and, and on fourth down more. Right. Some of this is circum- you know, circumstances, but I, I think you also have to acknowledge who your opponent is, too, that comes into your decision-making. One of the bigger issues is like, well, if you don't go for it on fourth and three, you're giving the ball to Aaron Rodgers, who has proven he playing well tonight. Like, there, there's nothing that has suggested earlier to you that he's off his game or that he hasn't been as in sync with his receivers or understands what you're doing on defense. No, he he playing well. <laughs> like, so why why give the ball to Aaron Rodgers? Same thing with Tom Brady. Okay, so it's fourth and four. It's a one score game. We could get a ten. You know, we could get a ten, a two-score advantage if we keep the ball and we convert, or we can sort of either kick a field goal, it becomes a one-score game. Tom Brady's on the other side of the field, along with Bill Belichick. So that plays into sort of the decision-making if you were playing maybe the Miami Dolphins or, you know, the New York Jets, or you can go down the list of Cincinnati Bengals. Like, yeah, then then you may be a little bit more conservative. Or the, the, the game situation may say, like, well, okay, put some trust in your defense because the other side of the ball hasn't proven to sort of be – um, as threatening as you are if you go for it, which I think was the case if you had a similar situation that Kirk Cousins not playing as well as uh, Aaron Rodgers was yesterday. So if you were in a similar situation, you should be more aggressive in trying to either go for the win or to keep the football away from the guy who's across the, the sort of the sideline or across the field from you, I should say. And I think that sort of comes into play too because it's it's Aaron Rodgers or it's Tom Brady um, aggressiveness is sort of demanded to beat those guys. We're talking to Nate Taylor from The Athletic. We'll take a break, come back, talk more Chiefs, look ahead to the game against the Titans. It's coming up next here in the program. The Program with Soren Petro. Weekdays from 2 to 6 on Sports Radio 810 WHB. You're listening to the program on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Seren Petro with you. Nate Taylor from The Athletic is with us. What happens next week, Nate? Oh, he's playing. That's 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 my educated prediction. Um, yeah, I I'm think not, so too. I'm not re- – there's a, there's a shade of this. So this there is some reporting here that tends to suggest that he will try to give it a go in Tennessee. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen, like, you know, 100%, but – Based on watching him in pregame, he looked good. Like we mentioned in the um, Central of the Midwest, Central Bank of the Midwest, Central Bank of the Midwest pregame show. I'm sorry, y'all. I tried. Um, (laughs) Like I'm sorry. Like like I mentioned on the pregame show, he looked great, as best as good as you can look in pregame routine. Now I am concerned whenever he gets hit 
because that's what happened when you play football. You get hit, kids, even if you wear a protective knee brace. And we still have the ankle to worry about, too, or where, where are we with the ankle. But I think um, he's going to move heaven and earth to be in a uniform in Nashville. I, I'm pretty convinced based on sort of the, the, the sense I got in the locker room yesterday. And, and he was in the locker room talking to guys, sort of suggesting, like, you know, this was great, and, like, I'll be back. And, and, and sort of a – you know, sort of a tongue-in-cheek kind of way, but he it's, it's clear he wants – he was dying yesterday emotionally on that field because he wanted to be out there so bad to the point that he was, you know, the first guy to dap up Harrison Bucker when he made the game-winning field goal. Right. Was I the only one going, just get away from the pile. Get out of there. Don't end up getting smashed. Why are you jumping up and down? Go sit down. Somebody put him in a wheelchair. <laughs> Plastic bubble wrap. At, Stop. I don't think at any point where he, where he left Ted Cruz's, you know, sort of – sort of hand and started running and jumping and, you know, fist pumping. At no point was he thinking about his knee. I'm I'm pretty convinced that he's trying to treat this just like he is like he's basically as, as healthy as possible. It's just a level of like or, how or much he actually is that healthy. Yeah. I mean, that's... Well right, true. And and uh, it's just can the team just be as cautious as possible. I have always and again I've said this on this show previously, I've always been on the opinion December one. Take the bye weekend. Take the bye weekend as an advantage to you. You can Matt Moore can beat the Tennessee Titans. He can beat the, the Los Angeles Chargers. But I get it. Players want to play, and Patrick Mahomes is is a, is going through the rehab quicker than the team expected, and that all sort of leads to hey, maybe you're a full participant in practice this week, which leads you to being a game time. The Jets decision. beat the Cowboys, so you know I yeah. mean, you you can lose down in Tennessee. They've got four wins. You can also beat Tennessee with Matt Moore. <laughs> that, you guarantee it. With this coaching staff and the way the defense is playing, I I, I I'm leaning more towards that than sort Matt of a, Moore almost fumbled the game away twice. Yeah, you know, that's the thing is and like Damian Williams recovered it. The Packer game, which I which they were in, but yes. were not that close to winning. Everybody acts like they were one decision or one play away, and then this Vikings win was just a walk in the park. You no, know, it wasn't a walk in the park. I'm just saying it'll be a close game that the Chiefs can win in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Well, I listen, if if the leg is as good as it's going to get and he's been cleared to play, he plays. Right. That's how it works. Right. And you need the wins. They're the four seed right now. I know. It's not them and the Pats. They're oh, miles I, oh, away from the Pats. Oh I, oh, I understand. I still think the division is most important because at least you get a home playoff game and you can sort of figure January out as you get there. But – um. But yeah, I mean, it's looking like he's going to like he's going to try his best to to be out there with his guys, and, and uh, you could you can commend him, for, you should commend him for that if you're a fan. But also, um, I, I just players want to play. He wants to play. Well, he's I, don't, dying I don't, to play. I don't think it's about him wanting to play. I think he'll play when he's when he's ready to go. I I, I think Andy Reid did say he was close Sunday. Or I yesterday. think Andy Reid makes Matt Moore guys like Matt Moore and Alex Smith and you know. Look good, yeah. Chase Daniels, scheme it up. Yeah, well, but it's not that easy. I mean, Andy Reid, did you? I mean, he was fired up. He knows how hard, hard that, that game is was. To yeah, yeah. To go get it, and I and I don't think you go down to Tennessee uh, without Patrick Mahomes if he's ready to go. He's gonna be the guy. Yes, but I'm saying you, if he ain't ready, that's fine. They can still beat Tennessee with Matt Moore. But uh, yeah, yes, they can. Yes, they can. And I would pre- and I would predict that they would. But, but I expect Patrick Rose to be in uniform on Sunday. <laughs> All right, two-minute drill coming up next. Nate Taylor from The Athletic been with us here this hour. Uh, Trent Green still to come. Adam Schefter still to come here in the program. The burnt end of the hour question. 
brought to you by Joe's Kansas City Barbecue in Olathe, Leewood, and the original in the gas station at 47th and Mission. All right, Matt Moore has two straight. What Chiefs quarterback has the longest stretch of 100 passer rating games at age 35 or older? Brought to you by Joe's Kansas City Barbecue. 